The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Navigating the journey called life doesn't get any easier as we move through it, but we can learn from what we have within us to make it more enjoyable in the long run. Welcome to Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Your host is Alexandra Janelli. In our program, we set out to provide you with the undiscovered wisdom within you to handle even life's bumpy spots. Now, here is the host, founder and practitioner of Theta Spring, Alexandra Janelli. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mental Sherpa Show. This is your host, Alexandra Janelli, owner and practitioner at Theta Spring Hypnosis here in New York City. I'm super excited to have you guys back listening today so that we can be, continue our journey of helping you begin to understand yourself better. Because here at the Mental Sherpa Show, our theory is that life doesn't get easier. We just get to know ourselves better. And the goal on our work as we begin to work together and continue the progress over these sessions together is to really help you begin to learn some new tools and awarenesses and insights that can help move you forward in your life. And so I hope you've enjoyed the last few shows of talking about finding your voice and how that really helps people begin to feel a little bit more centered in their lives and understanding emotions and how to tolerate them differently and understanding doubt and how it's part of the process and understanding self-concept and where that comes from and how it formulates as we grow to being the people we are today. And what I really wanted to begin to talk about was shifting not only from understanding the relationship with ourselves, but to begin to understand the relationship in the world around us. And so what we're going to begin to talk about today is something that a lot of clients have been coming in to see me for and where a lot of clients begin to go, I feel so lost. I'm having a quarter life, midlife, three quarter life crisis, and I feel like I am lacking completely passion and purpose. And it's really interesting as I begin to think about the words passion and purpose. And what I wanted to do was to really start with going to the key source of the words and understanding what they mean. So what I started with was looking at passion. Now, you know, passion comes in so many forms. And what the dictionary defined passion as is a strong feeling of enthusiasm or excitement for something or about doing something a strong liking or desire for or devotion to some activity, object, or concept. And I thought that was quite interesting that the word something kept coming up, right? It's about something. And that something is really what people are missing. It's like, what is that something and how do I find it? And so then I began to look into purpose. And purpose came up with the reason why something is done or used aimed or intention of something, the feeling of being determined to do or achieve something, aim or goal of a person, what a person is trying to do or become. 
And so there's this idea of what is that something and how do I find it? And what a lot of people have felt is that it can be so overwhelming to feel lost or stuck or dispassionate or lacking purpose. And who I brought in today to sort of discuss this idea of passion and purpose is Mark Schall, who's here with me, who is a professional coach and teacher and actually was my coach as I went through my life coaching training at IPAC. And so I think it is just such a pleasure to actually have you here in a whole different way to speak about passion and purpose. And welcome. Well, thank you, Alex. It's great to be here. You're welcome. And Mark also actually has a radio show himself called... Called Mark My Words. Mark My Words. So it is a pleasure to actually do a co-hosting kind of experience here with you today. Yes, exciting to be here. I love partnering with you. Yeah. So I was hoping you could maybe tell us a little bit about your story. And one of the things that struck me the most when you did our training was Mark does so much stuff. And there was a moment where I was like, this guy must not sleep ever. <laughs> and I said, you know, he is part of a choir and he does coaching and he does a hotline and he does this and he travels all around to do trainings and corporate stuff and talks. And, and I finally was just exhausted hearing him talk about it. But I go, how someone has the energy for this is incredible. And it, it sort of struck me as I was formulating what we're going to talk about today, mm-hmm. that you're really coming from a place of passion and purpose and so I was hoping you could maybe fill in the my audience and listeners to tell us about your journey and a bit about your story. Yeah, that sure. That brought you to your passion and purpose. So what's standing out for me as you're asking that, uh, Alex, is, is interesting. I never really thought about it this way till, till kind of just now as you made that link to passion and purpose. And, and uh, it's interesting because... It never showed up for me as, I want to do all these things because they're aligned with my purpose and I feel passionate about them. Never showed up that way. In hindsight, now, yes, I see that. But it was just, sounds like it'd be enjoyable. I want to do that. And I would just go and do it and make it happen, you know. Um, So what I see now underneath that is a sort of common thread and motivation through all that. And some of it's about, part of that's about... um, I want to make a difference. I I like when, due to my intervention, somebody is like, wow, and something happens for them that's positive, that they're grateful for in their lives and they can run forward. I don't know why. I just like being one of the catalysts in people's lives to create that. And the other part is I like to be on stage and I like to be. (laughs) I like the accolades, you know, I'm not going to lie. And at least you can say that and you know, right, you're beginning to get to know yourself. Yes. Which really helped you have that awareness of what drives you. Yes. I like that. I don't like that. That's right. And I I think performers, you know, it's about being noticed and making a difference. Right. Right. And I think that sometimes we we have a, uh, a stigma on the being noticed part. People like if people want to be noticed, well, that's that's something bad. It depends on what you want to be noticed for. Absolutely, and and sometimes it does boil down to introverts and extroverts. An introvert will love attention, but not when the attention is given in front of a lot of people. Exactly, exactly. And it's it's what's the purpose of the attention too? If it's just you know self serving, that's a very different thing. You know, right? Uh, But when it's about contributing to others and having others share in that and be part of it, as opposed to just yourself being in the spotlight, or in this case, just me being in the spotlight for its own purpose, it doesn't have the same value. Right. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, so what was your question? <laughs> right. So tell us a bit about, you know, a little bit about 
where you've come from, your passion, right? If you were going to tell people your passion, my passion is helping people, having that catalyst moment for them. And that sort of comes through in what you do, which is you're a coach. Is that how you would sort of define yourself, but not limit yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a professional life and business coach. Okay. And so what brought you, where were you before you did all that? Great. So it's funny, I, I, I grew up thinking I wanted to be a therapist. There was something I liked about sitting with somebody, talking with them, and them somehow getting better, quote unquote, right. in some way, you know? Um, in fact, I remember the first vestiges of that was I used to watch a soap opera as a kid with my mom, because I would come home from school for lunch, and her soap opera, Love of Life, was on. And I remember her saying to me one time, we were talking, and somebody was talking to uh, these two characters, they were a married couple. Their names were uh, Bruce and Vanessa, Van and Bruce. And my mother said, poor Van and Bruce. Everybody comes to them with their problems. And I remember being, I would love for everyone to come up to me with their problems right, yeah. and have the opportunity to make that difference. That's, that's I think, the crooks of everything from there. Right. Um, you but know. there was something that happened, and I think it's interesting to point out for the listeners, that actually took you away from being a therapist that sort of changed your trajectory just a little bit to sort of end up in a different place. You didn't become married to that idea, but it was at least in the behind, that was sort of what shot you in the right direction Mm -hmm. to where you are today. Yeah, I actually, so um, I had an internship at a VA hospital in the mental hygiene clinic, and I was working with uh, Vietnam War veterans. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It was heavy stuff. Yeah. And I realized at that time, um, it's not what I want. Um, it, it, this medical model, uh, you know, and people who, yeah, you know, their prognosis is kind of iffy, but we get to make some sort of a difference. It, it, it was, it just was very heavy. Um, it didn't have the same growth and development, positive feeling, right? Sort of, you know, um, that I later learned coaching is all about. Okay. I didn't know coaching at the time. So that's, that's kind of all I knew. Uh, so when I did that work, that's when I realized it's not the kind of work I want to do. Uh, I thought it might have been the focus in the particular counseling that I did because, you know, my master's, I, I went for a master's degree in counseling and higher ed. Yep. Um, so what I, what I learned working in higher ed after that was there I was working with college students who had more sort of common, everyday developmental challenges. I mean, clearly there were some students that had some real drama in their lives. And sure. Kids and girls, you know, we had suicide attempts and things like that, you know. Right. And uh, that kind of sad stuff is always going to happen on our college campuses. Um, but for the most part, it was like teaching people life skills about how do you have that difficult conversation with your roommate who, you know, keeps you up at night because, you know, he has his girlfriend over every night or something like that and you don't feel assertive enough to say, hey, it doesn't work for me and the room belongs to both of us. Right. Right. And, you know, for an 18-year-old to have that conversation with their new roommate who they want to be liked by could be very difficult. That kind of stuff. Roommate conflict mediation or somebody violates a policy, you know, they have a keg in their room or something like that. Right, right. It's an opportunity for them to learn about You know, look, it's not about a judgment about having a keg, but it's about there's rules and you signed a contract and there's consequences. Teaching those kinds of life skills. That's what really I realized I wanted to do. And and that's so interesting to really begin to understand that for yourself of you had to go through what you didn't like to really get to the place that you wanted to. And 
as I was sort of formulating what we were going to talk about today, I did a little bit of research and there were so many things when you look at passion and purpose that one of the things everyone had mentioned, a common theme in all these articles was you have to get out of your head and get into your heart mm-hmm. and to really be taking action, right? It's all about sort of you have to just be willing to try and not be worried about where you end up. Mm-hmm. Um, no no mistakes right. kind of situation. Absolutely. You, you kind of have to go through what you don't want right. to, to, to know that and get to what you do want. That's, that's, uh, that's where it is. So given where you're at now, it sounds like you live a very passionate and purposeful life that has a lot of meaning for you. How would you define purpose and passion for yourself? So one of the things I learned through coaching through myself, for myself, I should say, and also for my clients, I think that at a very, very, it's a very high level concept to get. So um, I guess for your listeners, as you're listening to this, kind of shifted to a much higher level of, of consciousness, more spiritual level, um, rather than the everyday, how do I find the job that I want? Uh, but really at a spiritual level, I think that each one of us is designed in a particular way to carry out a particular function at this time in life. And it's as if we were put here to carry that specific thing out and we were given the way we're made up, uh, the circumstances that we're born into, it's like we're given all of that so we can develop the sense of purpose that we were put here for. So there's really no mistakes in your life story. That's right. Absolutely. Um, even those of us who have you know, pain and tragedy in our life stories, uh, many people will tell you how those things have become gifts for them in terms of determining what they're here to do in this life. Um, you look at... Uh, for example, I interviewed a wonderful woman on, on uh, one of my programs, um, Jane Clementi, who was the mother of Tyler Clementi, who was the college freshman who five years ago, uh, after some anti-gay teen bullying that he had experienced, he jumped from the George Washington Bridge and ended his life. Um, the most horrible tragedy, tragedy anybody can experience is losing a child. Here she is five years later, and she's founded the Tyler Clementi Foundation that's committed to ending bullying in schools and even in companies and corporations right. and stuff, you know. And so we find purpose in the things that happen to us. And, you know, that before you know it, we're carrying out a life's mission that we never knew was ours to carry out. That's such a beautiful way to put it, that from tragedy can come joy and passion and meeting and purpose to create a shift. And, you know, I just from having worked with clients, I see it so often it's almost like whatever we lack or something that happens, we almost want to give back, right? It's like if you're raised, you know, for maybe a bad example, but if you're raised in poverty, you might treat your children very differently of always wanting to give them everything that you could possibly give them. That's right. And so, you know, what I do find is people tend to, we all come from places of, you know, maybe I wasn't cared for enough that I want to be more caring in my life. And yeah. that does give purpose. It's how do you, I guess the question is once you begin to have that awareness, then it's how do you shift it into that? And I think a lot of people do tend to get lost in, okay, so now what? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. So when I'm coaching people on, you know, what do they want to do with their lives? Right. I often ask, well, what did you always wanted to be when you grew up? when you were a kid, because sometimes the clues are there, right? Right. Not for everybody, though. Some people don't know. Or some people are like, oh, I want to be an astronaut. But, you know, look, that's not happening, right? Right. I loved pushing buttons, so I was like, I can't wait to work at a cash register. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? So the other question I ask is, what did you always used to get in trouble for? Right. 
That's a good question. Ooh, that is a great question. That thing that you kept getting in trouble for that everyone told you not to do, but you were pushed to do it anyway, like from inside. Have an opinion. Speak up for myself. Yeah. There you go, right? Oh, for how me, interesting. The thing I always got in trouble for, talking. And now I spend most of my life in front of my rooms talking. Interesting. Um, it's, whenever I've had the wonderful opportunity of meeting up with any of my, uh, my old high school teachers now as an adult, which I've had the opportunity to do on numerous times, and it's really fun, um, and I tell them what I'm doing for a living, they're like, of course. Makes total sense now in retrospect. Now you get to do all your talking from the front of the room and not get in trouble for it. Right. <laughs> it, it's, it, this ties into a lot of what we talked about in episode five with Dr. Mari Terzaghi, which is self-concept and uh-huh. the idea of our sense of self isn't actually dictated by us. It's a false sense of self because from the moment that we're born until we have that real awareness of, wait, I get a choice. I get to make my own decisions. You were almost pushed into this place of like, you can't talk. Yes. I'm not allowed to talk. That's right. Um, And how that all of a sudden became not in alignment with what you knew to be true or thought to be true. Yeah. And you began to explore that more. And when we're not mature as kids and we don't know how to direct those energies, we direct them in ways that get us told to shut up. Or whatever that energy is, it gets directed in a way that we're we're told to knock it down. Right. I have ADD. Right. Right, exactly. Verse, maybe you just don't like what you're studying. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. Which, sometimes you don't. And I'll tell you, as somebody who's been accurately diagnosed with ADD as an adult myself, I know ADD is so overused, overdiagnosed. You know, you have an eight-year-old boy and he's a little, you know, a little rambunctious. Like, ah, they want to put him on on medication. It's like, you know... It's not ADD all the time. Some, there's just something about being an eight-year-old kid. <laughs> right. Maybe <laughs> you, you don't want to run want around to and explore your world and not sit still. Right. You know? It's funny. We always tell kids that they have to act more adult, yeah. but we forget to tell the adults to act more like kids and to have that curiosity, which is such an imperative part of your learning curve. It's be yeah. curious, but we tend to get fear and worry that can really inhibit that action. Yep in our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we develop the messages of, oh, I'm not good enough. You know, and all those gremlins. Yeah, are being absolutely. Told to, told to shut up all the time or sit still. And Oh, that the mind. It's an incredible thing, isn't it? It is. It is. So purpose. If you were going to sum up purpose. I think of it as like, think of a tool like a hammer or a screwdriver. It has a very specific purpose. What's the tool that you are? What's your specific purpose? Beautifully put. What are you used for? So I'm going to leave my listeners with that thought of what is your, if you were a tool, what would that be? And what, how, and we'll begin to talk a little bit more when we get back about how to really begin to figure that out and talk about it more. So my name is Alexandra Ginelli here with Mark Shaw on the Mental Sherpa Show I am practitioner and owner at Theta Spring Hypnosis, and Mark is owner and practitioner coach at markshawcoaching.com here in New York City, and we'll be right back after this break. (music) 
Visit the Theta Spring Hypnosis Store to find out more about our home hypnosis programs and detox systems. Our hypnosis programs bring the power of our therapy to the comfort of your own home or on your mobile device. Our detox system has been formulated as the first ever mind and body detox. The Burn and Build Body 14-Day Anti-Aging Detox Kit is a food-based detox that has an optional subconscious support program. Stay committed and create sustainable change while cleansing your body. Visit betaspring.com forward slash store. We have a special 15% discount for our listeners. Use promo code VA15 at checkout. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to do all of those things that you always said you'd do in your life. What's stopping you? Is it other people, your environment, fear? What could give you a push? Tune in to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. Our show is all about taking risks and turning them into positives and personal gain. We'll help your inner voice speak up and get you out of that comfort zone. Raising the Bar can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. To reach Alexandra Janelli or her guest on today's program, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aginelli at thetaspring.com. Now, back to the Mental Sherpa Show. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Alexandra Ginelli, and you are listening to The Mental Sherpa Show. I am joined today with coach, teacher, practitioner, you name it, he does it all. He's incredible. Uh, Mark Shaw. And welcome back. And we are talking about passion and purpose and how to find that in your life. Because so many people feel like they're on a trajectory. They know where they're going. They know what they want. And all of a sudden, Something happens and they're like, this is not what I want. They begin to fall into complacency. They feel overwhelmed. It's not what they expected it to be. And it becomes really tricky sometimes to begin to shift yourself because it's hard to sometimes accept, like, I'm not where I want to be. And we tend to get down on ourselves to go, well, what did I do wrong? Why is it like this? I can make this work. I should make this work. I I have to make this work or I have to pay my bills and, you know, I can't ship switch jobs because then this will happen and there becomes an anxiety and a worry and it just becomes this juggernaut of an issue and it sometimes to get that not apart seems really overwhelming and this is truly where coaching and working with a coach can really begin to help people is to answer these questions and begin to find that loose piece in the knot to begin to unravel it to find that place and so we're here talking about Mark and I were just talking about what was that one thing that you got in trouble for a lot as a kid? Mm-hmm. Um, which was such a great question, and I've actually never heard that before. And it, it, 
how that can really help you begin to find your passion and purpose as well. And Mark, you had a great story that you were telling me yeah. um, about that. And so maybe tell, tell the audience, it's just, it, it's so introspective. It's so insightful and it, it's really quite interesting. Sure. So um, somebody that I interviewed uh, on my radio show uh, who uh, has actually written a book uh, about his, about his life. And it's very interesting. He, this is a guy so again, this is an example. Like, what were the crazy things that you did that you got in trouble for? That underneath those, if you look, there's a motivation. There's a common thread through them. And for him, so the two stories that kind of add up here. One is when he was six years old, he would put on his Halloween, his Superman Halloween costume, and he would jump out the window of his bedroom, the second floor, onto the roof of the car that was sitting below in the driveway. And then he would jump off the car and then he'd run around in the backyard pretending he was chasing bad guys. Well, yeah. the neighbors were calling his parents and they're like, oh, that's just Billy. Uh, right. um, you know, and then when he was like 16 or 17, his cousin got a new Trans Am and he thought it'd be really fun to drive the Trans Am and hide it around the block so that his cousin would think his new car was stolen. Just driving it around the block, what happens? He totals it, right? And gets in all kinds of trouble. And he was always getting in this, this kind of trouble. He actually thought at one point his parents probably were plotting to kill him because they, they just didn't know what to do with him anymore. He actually had fears as a kid. I think my parents really want to kill me and get me out of the way. Wow. Right? And uh, he talks about all of this in his book. Uh, what do you think he does for a living today? He's a cop. He's a motorcycle cop um, in Fairfax County, Virginia. And he's quite a respected and decorated cop. Um, the kind that, like, when people go and, and they go to fight a traffic ticket in court, you know, because he pulled them over for speeding, they end up thanking him at the end of the hearing because just his manner and his whole way of, of, of being is, is, is so gracious. And, and, you know, he's not about pulling authority and making people wrong. He's really about, you know, I'm just out there protecting folks. You know, kind of like Superman. So his purpose was he wanted to protect. There was something about that that really struck a chord for him. It really resonated. Yes, yes. And I think also, and he was diagnosed with ADD as well as an adult. And um, so it's interesting because the things that he was always doing were always highly stimulating things, which for many people with ADD is something that they'll do. That's why they get into a lot of trouble and create drama in their lives right. is they need, they crave the stimulation. They can't derive uh uh, that level of stimulation from normal activity. So they tend to create drama. Um, and so, you know, here's somebody who has channeled all of that. And who are a lot of the people that he ends up addressing as a police officer are people that are doing some of the very same kinds of things that are similar to what he used to do, right? right. Or at least that come from the same place. I mean, you know, he didn't do criminal things, but, you know. Right. Um, and it's like he had those experiences. So now... He can empathize with people that are getting in trouble, you know? Yeah. Um, so I find this with coaches. A lot of people that become coaches are people who've really gone through the soul searching of having a career they hated. Right. And then they become a coach. Well, having a career that they hated makes them a better coach. Absolutely. Because they can relate to what they're going through, what their clients are going through. So if we're able to look at all of our life circumstances, the ones that suck as well as the ones that bring us a lot of joy. And we're able to look at what is it, what do those things fulfill for us? What do those bring up in us? We, we can begin to find the threads of what's, what's our purpose? What's the thing, some people might call it, that our soul is here to create an experience on the planet at this time? Right. You know? No, it's interesting listening to you talk about it because everyone always asks me, well, how did you even get into hypnotherapy? And it happened on a lark, truly. I was here at the Wellness Center visiting 
I think it was a chiropractor and they were like, oh, have you ever thought of seeing a hypnotherapist for this? And I was like, no, I didn't even know that what that was or how it existed. And, you know, I was like, you know what, why not? I have mm-hmm. nothing to lose. And it was so life changed. It was like everything changed and yet nothing changed. But there was such a different feeling inside of me. Mm-hmm. Like there was a net underneath me to really jump into to take more risks. It was in theory, I think it was that the anxiety began to lessen, mm-hmm. which, as we talked about in episode two of energy, different energy levels, when you're feeling more comfortable and the anxiety is not there, you're going to take different actions in yep. your life. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was it wasn't until years later that when I changed jobs and actually moved to Chicago that I said, well, what, what was it in my life that really inspired me and what shifted my life and changed my life? And it was hypnotherapy mm-hmm. that I got so much out of it that it, it was like I wanted to inspire people like that. So mm-hmm. it's such an interesting thing how the things we're looking for the most are the things we're not looking for at all in some ways. Yeah. That they happen out of nowhere. Right. And it seems as if they happen out of nowhere. Right. We actually attract them exactly as we should, right? Right. You know, it's almost like it's the Wizard of Oz story. Everything you're looking for is really right in your own backyard. Right. I right? call it the Dorothy Dilemma. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Right. And she thought she had to go to some faraway land somewhere. And and uh, and then what she finds out is, no, all she needed to do was look out the window. Right. And there it is. And, you know, a lot of clients are like, well, why couldn't I have gotten there myself? And there are tools that coaches, therapists, um, practitioners have that really can help bring those things out. Yeah. Um, so that is the sort of benefit of working. We, we get to read between the lines and hear you. Well, exactly. And, you know, and not everybody needs a coach to figure that out. Right. Not everybody will hire a coach to figure that out. Some will, some won't. Some are meant to, some are not. Which is why when I'm interviewing a prospective client, I come from the place of, I don't know if this person is is my client, if they're meant to be my client or not, right. any more than they do. Right. right. All I do is put out what I do. If it's right for them, if I'm meant to coach them, well, then I'm going to end up coaching them and they're going to be my client. If it's not meant to happen, it's not going to happen no matter what I do. Right. So it's really just about letting go and contributing in that moment. Because why am I in this? I'm in this because I'd like to make a difference for people. So whether that means sitting across from you for 45 minutes to see if coaching is right for you, or actually engaging you as a client and working with you for, for a number of months, it doesn't matter to me. You're put in front of me in that moment for a reason, and I get to make my difference. And that's sort of the bigger picture, right? You had mentioned earlier in our conversation about sort of going to that spirituality place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, spirituality for everyone's going to be something different. It might be the universe. It might be God. It might just be this mm-hmm. in deep intuition and trust of something. Right. Um, Tell me, it is that bigger picture, right? I always say when we're looking at everything that's going wrong, you're looking at it under like a very zoomed in lens. And it's hard to see a lot because you're only seeing what's wrong or what's not working. And when you sort of step back to go, wait a minute, maybe I am in a process, right? Like how have I sort of shifted in my life before that maybe there is a bigger process that's happening. You're just not even aware of it. And to move into that, zoom out. That's right. Imagine being a game piece on a Monopoly board. You have no idea what the bigger picture is. You just know that every few moments, these two big things get rolled that have dots on them, and then somebody picks you up with their fingers and moves you around this board, and then you sit there. You have no idea what the bigger purpose is, right? Right. You're just the game piece. That's kind of how our life is, but we have the ability to step back and see the whole board, see how we relate to the other pieces, 
um, and figure out what we think is going on and what our role is and why we're there and how to change our role. Right. So what have you found? You've worked with many, many clients on so many things and moved them forward. What have you found the biggest block has been for people when they first start this finding passion and purpose? Mm. And that might be a tricky question. So take no, your time actually, to think about it. No, I'll tell you, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty obvious. And it, what it is is that um, it's permission. Permission to be who they know they already are and do what they know they're meant to do. It shows up as, I don't know what I want to do. And what I find through the discovery process is that once they find it, they can see that they always knew it. Right. It was just covered up. It's like a diamond that's covered up with with dirt. And all all I'm doing is brushing the dirt off so they can see the truth underneath, right? Right, right. Um, And what do I mean by permission? Well, my family had these expectations. Or I learned very early on that you're supposed to X, Y, Z, right? And... Sometimes that stuff doesn't serve us. You know, we have beliefs and ways of being in our lives that we've, that we've learned. The universe and the world does a great job of teaching us stuff. Some of that stuff is right. really useful. And I have to trade off my passion for money. That's right. That's right. And some of those lessons are enormously useful and really serve us. And some of those really get in our way. So, you know, in my work with clients, it's about, well, which are the ones that are in your way and don't really serve your passion, but instead inhibit it? You know, and I just I give people permission to to be with that and to play with it. I don't always have the answer. In fact, I usually don't have the answer of therefore what. Right. The client has to discover that on their own, but they can't even get there if they're not asking that question. Right. I can't tell you how many times I hear that. Well, here's what I would ideally want, and it looks like this, and it feels like this. Right. That feeling that you're chasing, and then the yeah, but yeah. Tell me about the yeah, but. What's your experience of the yeah, but? The yeah, but is all what we call in coaching, you know, limiting beliefs, which are, again, beliefs about the world that don't serve us. Like, you're not supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. You can only do this. Um, Or, you know, what we know in coaching is gremlins, uh, which are the, well, I'm not good enough because, you know, that little voice in your head that just kind of stops you from everything by telling you you're going to fail or that you might succeed. But then you're going to fall real hard once you succeed, and then everyone's going to know what a fraud you are, so you're better off just playing small. Right. You know? Even though the biggest failure is not doing anything at all. Exactly. It's, you know, there's a wonderful um, statement we utilize in hypnotherapy. It's more of an Ericksonian technique where it's talking about electric fences. Mm-hmm. How farmers will actually use electric, electric fences not to hurt the animals, but to keep them safe. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is an animal will go to leave, but it'll get shocked and conditioned to stay in that area. But if you take the, f- the fences down, those animals will actually still stay in that area mm-hmm. because they've been conditioned. And the same thing happens in our minds, that we create these almost electric fences of this is the safe zone and I yeah. can't go outside of that. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, the, I've heard a similar concept with fireflies, lightning bugs. If you put them in a jar and you put a lid on the jar... And, of course, you poke holes in the lid so they don't die and ruin your experiment. Um, They try to jump out, and they hit the lid. They learn that that lid is the limit. Eventually, you can take the lid off, and they still will not jump out of the jar. They will only go as high as they believe that they're able to. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Zig Ziglar talks about um, you could take a a large elephant and put a small rope. Yep, tie them. Tie them to the fence, and then you take the rope off, and they won't leave the fence. Or dogs, too. You can walk them without leashes after 
after you've trained them to do that because they think the leash is there. It's incredible the things that we become preconditioned to believe and think, which again goes back to that idea of self-concept, which, you know, comes really on a deep subconscious level Mm -hmm. that it's beginning to break down those barriers and really question and be curious and yeah. What is it that I really want? Right. Like I had a client the other day who was like, I was never the son my father wanted. And I said, well, as long as you're living as the man that you like, then I'd say that's a success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would question what's the son his father want? What's his concept of the son his right. father wanted that he doesn't fit? And what if he had a conversation with his dad about that? If he was able to, I mean, I don't know if he's still right. around or not, you know, but you know, what would dad, what would dad say? Like, I remember I, I thought I had to join Little League as a kid. Why? Because my brother signed up for Little League. My father said to me, and when you're old enough, we're going to go down and register for you, you for Little League on Saturday <laughs> morning. And I was terrified. For the next four years, I was terrified. I didn't want to sure play Little League. I don't want to do that. I was like, that's the last thing in the world I want to do. Right. Knowing what I want and don't want. Right. But I'm supposed to. So that day came. We went and registered me for Little League. And I was just like, I was practically in tears. I didn't want this. And I go and I try out. Thank God I didn't make it. Or you sabotage the hell out of the whole thing. I didn't even have to. I was so bad at it to begin with. Perfect. But then there's Farm League. For all the losers that don't get into Little League, that's how I framed it then. There's Farm League. How judgmental of you. Exactly. So there I was in Farm League, and I was on the last place team, and I played right field, which, of course, is the weakest position because the ball never goes there because most batters are right-handed. So (laughs) the ball came to me once. And I stood there terrified as the center fielder came over and knocked me out of the way and caught the ball. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's like, and that, that was like traumatizing for me. And then when I was about 35, I had a conversation with my dad about the, my little league experience. And that when he said that to me and he goes, so why didn't you just tell me that that's what you did, what, that you didn't want to do that? What would you have done instead? I said, I probably would not want to take in a theater class. He goes, so we would have gone and registered you for theater classes. Why didn't you tell me? I'm like, Really, I could have saved all of that therapy if I just told you what I wanted, right? So for this young man you're talking about, I wonder, yeah. is it his concept of what he thinks his dad Oh, I'm sure. Him, or is Absolutely. it really what his dad wanted him? But even if he held that concept, my what I said was, well, even if that were true, is that who you want to be? Yeah. And if it's not, then maybe this is a great thing that you're beginning to open up and discuss figure out for yourself too. Yep. yep, absolutely. I know that most of the time when someone finally lands on what they want to be and they feel that it's in opposition to what their parents expected, and even their parents might think it's in opposition to what they expected because sometimes parents don't know what's right for their kids. You don't know who your kid is. You're given this baby to raise. You don't know who they are and right. who they're going to be, who they're destined to be. You're, they're just in your care for 18 years, right? <laughs> totally, right. <laughs> you know, and then they find out ultimately when their kid is happy doing what they're doing and they're fulfilled and successful, the parents don't care anymore what that thing is that they're doing. They're proud that their kid is successful and happy. Right. And I think that's a great word that we're going to talk about when we come back from the break is the word what mm-hmm. versus the why. And the how and how these questions become so mixed up and put in order that can make finding passion and purpose really tricky. Mm -hmm. So when we come back from the break, we will discuss some of this stuff. And again, my name is Alexandra Ginelli here with Mark Shaw talking about passion and purpose on the Mental Sherpa Show.
Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Visit the Theta Spring Hypnosis Store to find out more about our home hypnosis programs and detox systems. Our hypnosis programs bring the power of our therapy to the comfort of your own home or on your mobile device. Our detox system has been formulated as the first ever mind and body detox. The Burn and Build Body 14-Day Anti-Aging Detox Kit is a food-based detox that has an optional subconscious support program. Stay committed and create sustainable change while cleansing your body. Visit Thetaspring.com forward slash store. We have a special 15% discount for our listeners. Use promo code VA15 at checkout. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America empowerment do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life it seems like we do but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control how do we get our thoughts back on track so to speak listen for help my thoughts are holding me hostage with dr jeffrey fannin when you command the power of thought you can achieve or have whatever you want make the laws of the universe work for you Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Metal Sherpa by Theta Spring. To reach Alexandra Janelli or her guest on today's program, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aginelli at thetaspring.com. Now, back to The Mental Sherpa Show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Alexandra Ginelli here with Mark Shaw on The Mental Sherpa Show, where we are talking about passion and purpose. Before we went on break, we were talking about the word what that we sort of left you with a little teaser about it and how a lot of times when we're beginning to look at passion and purpose, we actually start by asking why, why do I feel this way? Why do I do this? It's almost like we begin to shame and blame ourselves rather than opening up an opportunity. And the better question to begin to ask is what, what's going on here, right? So You're going through your life and everything feels good until all of a sudden something doesn't feel good, right? And this is a point where change begins to open up. This is the point of change. And a lot of times we're like, why am I not happy at my job? Why is this happening? Why is my boss treating me like this? Versus asking, what is it about the situation 
that doesn't feel right. What's going on for you? And it's sort of how you begin to navigate the initial questioning to open up a lot more for inspection, right? Maybe you're unhappy, right? You get frustrated, which is the secondary action to the, the secondary emotion to a primary emotion. The primary emotion being, I'm feeling really distraught or I'm feeling really underutilized and undervalued. That's the what, I'm feeling undervalued. And it's beginning to show you what it is you want. I want to feel valued more. And then it's beginning to ask why. Why is it important to me to feel valued? And you begin to sort of tear outward by starting small. But as Mark had mentioned before when we were talking about this, that sometimes why is where you start in the bigger bigger picture. And I know Simon Sinek had talked about it in his TED Talk as well. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. But it's hard sometimes to get to the why I do it without knowing what is it I want to do, which is about passion and purpose. So maybe I can pass it over to you to talk about sort of when people get stuck in that like yeah. rut, I, like the beginning steps of change, right? It's like the card shuffling, and sure. playing the game. So, so what I'm hearing about you're saying that is, is that the what that you're talking about is really what's the current situation and really being able to to state what that is, yep. right? Um, and I think that comes back to what I said before about permission. I give people people permission initially to state what is and say that they hate it or that they don't like it or that it makes them unhappy, right? I mean, imagine somebody's in a marriage that's not working for them and they don't really feel like they're allowed to say, I hate my marriage. Right. It doesn't serve me. It's miserable, right? doesn't mean it has to end. We don't know that yet. Right. Right. But let's look at that. What's going on? What would make it amazing? Could we make it amazing or does it need to dissolve, right? So, um, and I always tell couples before I work with them, my job is not to keep you together. My job is to help you decide and help you look at what do you really want, you know? And um, if that's staying together, then great, let's make that happen. If that's splitting up and well, hey, let's make that happen. Um, So sometimes a person just needs to be able to say to somebody, this is my circumstance and I'm unhappy. It's, you know, and it's such a relief when I've seen people do it. It's like, I hate my job. And it's like, I hear you. And they're like, and I've never told anybody that. Right. And I've never told anybody. (laughs) You know? You're almost holding a space for them to embrace that and acknowledge it themselves because they're in such denial about it. That's right. And even in my volunteer work on the Gay and Lesbian National Hotline, that's the permission is a big thing, too. For somebody to say that they're struggling with those kinds of feelings and they're struggling, you know, am I gay? Am I straight? I think I might be gay. It's like they need somebody to just kind of say, cool, so tell me more about that. What are you feeling? And then to be validating. Okay, those are very normal feelings for people. Right. You know, and then they don't get judged. It's non-judgment that's, that's really important. Like whatever it is that you say you're unhappy with or is so for you or that you want that other people think you shouldn't want or whatever. And then, you know, you have somebody sitting across from you who's like ready to celebrate all of that stuff with you. Yeah. And look at it and not judge you. And it, it's such a wonderful thing of judgment of how do you begin to be kinder to yourself and... Mm-hmm. Not judge yourself for being in a state of change. I mean, we're changing every day. Right. But there's something that change is trying to tell you. When you become misaligned or not happy with something or complacency doesn't work for you, it's how do you ask the right questions without judging it? Yes. Right? It's like, well, what's going on here? And I think that's part of what you say there is really good, too, about what are your emotions telling you? You know, if, if I find myself 
really, really angry and frustrated at work because people aren't honest. Uh, and say I work somewhere and we're not honest with customers and, and I'm constantly triggered by this. And, and if, as I try to speak up about that, I'm just told, look, that's the way we do it here. If you don't like it, you're free to go. But that's the right. way we do it here. And I'm really frustrated by that, right? Well, great. So rather than looking at what's wrong with me, why not look at, well, why might you be frustrated by that? What, do you, what does that tell you right. about what you value and what's important to you in the world? Well, if you value honesty, and that's a top value for you, well, of course you're going to be miserable if you're working somewhere that wants you to lie to people. Right. Acknowledge yourself. Right. And be okay with that. And then you can start looking at what kind of a work environment is really aligned with who you are, with your passion, with your purpose, with your values, right? And, and if that's not the environment, that's fine. We don't even have to judge that as bad. It's where you are. You needed to do the things that you didn't like to figure out what you did like, right? right. So that served you. Right. And it's how do you embrace those emotions as we talk about in episode three with Dr. Nadia Friedman is how do you make space? You know, emotions are like colors, they're just some colors we like more than others, but they're going to come up. And the more that you get to know these certain emotions and what they're doing for you and not to you, right? No one likes to be angry, right? but it's an emotion. Right. And the more that you get to know your emotion, what it's trying to tell you, it's trying to tell you what you want. But the anger and the expression of anger is taking action with the anger. And it might not be in alignment with what your purpose and passion is to get what yes. you want. Yep. In fact, you know, it's funny, as you're saying this, I'm just thinking back to the very first job I ever, ever had. I was 17. I was 17, 16 or 17. We'll call it 16, 17. Yeah, you go. Just, just 10 years <laughs> we'll ago. We'll give it to you. Just yeah. 10 years ago. <laughs> and um, so, and I was working in a CVS drugstore. And I went to get this job. And it, it, it's funny, you talked before, we were talking about how you're like, oh, you wanted to be the cashier, right? Of course. And it's funny, I also always wanted to do that. Because what I, I just loved the notion of, so did you get everything you needed? Hi, how are you? And ringing it up and talking with customers. It had nothing to do with the cashier stuff. Right. It was just I wanted to connect with people, right? So I went in and I applied for the job. And they didn't have a cashier's position, but they needed a stock boy. And they said, no, we'll, we'll put you on the cash register you know, every now and then as we need people to fill in. So I took the job. I don't want to be a stock boy. But it was a job. They were offering it to me. I was going to get to be behind the register sometimes. I hated it because I wasn't what... The purpose in it was different than the purpose right. for I couldn't identify it as that then. So, um, and I remember the days that I got there, like, Mark, we need you on the cash register. Yay! Oh, I was so excited, right? And I just, I loved that connection. I would get yelled at while I'm stocking the shelves because when a customer would ask me, oh, where can I find such and such? I'd walk them over to it. I'd have a whole conversation with them. My boss would be like, Mark, you're not working fast enough on stocking the shelves. As I look back, I was like, because I don't want to stock the shelves. I want to interact with customer, right? Right. So as I look back We on need that, more people like you in stores now. Right? Yeah. Right? Exactly. Which is why I'm frustrated when I'm in a store and I don't get that. It's your value right? system. Absolutely. So I eventually got fired from that job. And they say you're not a true professional until you get fired once. So I'm now a professional. <laughs> there you go. But I got fired because I called in sick when I wasn't sick. And I got caught. I got nailed. I went to my high school's talent show and somebody saw me there and ratted me out. And that was it. But... <laughs> In the big picture of it, it was the best thing that could have happened to you. I'm clear now, and I can turn that story around and look at how that points to what I now know I want in the world that helps to reinforce it. It's so good to be able to look back, right? We all look at our life script and we begin to look at it and go, oh, all these things happened. And as you talked about in the first part of this talk is how you turn 
tragedy into opportunity. Mm-hmm. And even when you begin to get anxious about what might happen or could happen, your life story is so much better written by just going through it. Because Absolutely. the stories we tell ourselves with our anxiety or fears or worries, 90% that doesn't happen. And when we live through it and actually allow ourselves to be present going through it, it it's such a better story. Well, you know what they say, what doesn't kill you makes a great seminar story. There you go. Totally. <laughs> right? Totally. You know, so, um, but no, you're right. It, it's the anxiety is a, is a, a cue, right? Okay. We look at anxiety as the problem. No, it's, as I it's tell the, people, I go, cue. it's it's an alert system. It's, it's right. your friend. It's trying to keep you safe. That's right. But again, it goes back to those fences, the electric fence of the mind. It's keeping you within this corral where clearly your desire to change is telling you you don't want to be in that corral anymore. That's right. That's right. And you might not know to do anything different than the way you usually respond. Right. And we the way you're responding isn't working, so you're anxious. So great, there's got to be another way to respond. Right, and it's okay to not know. I don't know what to do. Wonderful. There's so much power in admitting that because what you are is a human with a logical mind, a rational mind, a reasonable mind where you actually have the ability to learn. Yes, yeah. And it's going back to being like a kid to be curious in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things I teach when, um, you know, in the various assessments that I use uh, in my coaching. Um, you know, the energy leadership index assessment that helps you show the, 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 your, the, the filter that you look through the world, that you look at the Absolutely. world through, you know, do you see the world through a lens of conflict or a lens of, you know, passion and helping others or a lens of creating win-win or a lens, uh, or a lens of, um, everything's connected, right? Uh, so with that assessment, um, well, which is the one that you're also trained in as, as, as yeah, my pet coach. As my, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, I use another assessment too, the core values index, which actually people could take for free on my website. Um, cause it's a really nice introductory way of looking at what's possible in coaching. And um, Mark's website, just so everybody knows is Mark Shaw coaching.com. Yep. And that's S C H A L L M A R K S C H A L L coaching.com. And so in my work with clients based on those assessments, it's, it's all about looking at how are you designed? Like, what's the tool that you design? That you're design? Are you a hammer? Are you a screwdriver? Are you a pair of pliers? Right. Are you a pair of scissors? Right? And um, uh, it's, one of the things we talk about as well is, is that anxiety, right? That lets you know that you're basically using one of your core values in a situation that's not working for that situation, Right? So you get to look at one of the other, uh, one of the other energies that's within you to develop, and the, the CVI helps you look at that. So now that we're coming sort of the clo- to the close of the show, now that we sort of talked about passion and purpose, what would be the takeaway or some things that you'd like the listeners to think about mm-hmm. um, after the show to really help them sort of be, start getting in more of an alignment towards their passion and purpose? Yeah, great question. Great question. So um, I would encourage people to um, think about where is your anxiety? What are you unhappy with? And then what's it triggering in you? And see if you can get at what's the value that you have about the world, about life, that isn't being honored and is therefore resulting in the anxiety. That starts to give you some clues about what's important to you, which is going to begin to point towards your passion um, and your purpose. Um, 
two tools that I offer uh, on, on my website. Uh, one is for free and one's a nominal introductory fee, um, the CVI Core Values Index Assessment. So if you go to markshawcoaching.com, um, you can uh, click to take the CVI for free, the Core Values Index for free. And it's really interesting. I did it and it really does show you a lot. It's, it's quite unique. And what I would also offer to clients and to people listening is really think about the things that have inspired you the most, the people that have inspired you the most. Mm-hmm. And what was it about them that really inspired you? And there's something about these experiences that we hold on to, whether it's a tragedy or an inspirational moment mm-hmm. that have pivoted us in our lives to really begin to move forward. And so experience the world, enjoy the world. There's a lot out there. If you just sort of open your eyes and plant the seed of, I'm looking for something different because you're going to start to see different. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So that's one option. The other uh, is uh, the, the ELI, the energy leadership index assessment, which uh, you can also find uh, on my website. Um, And for a low introductory fee of just $147, you can take that and I can debrief you. It's uh, a wonderful assessment. So um, those tools are such great starting points. Uh, which is why I use those with all my clients. So once someone becomes a client, that becomes the starting point of our work together. If they don't, well, there's just the value in having taken those assessments and learned what they're more information about you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mark, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show. And again, to all my listeners, we are always here to help continue listening in. My name is Alexandra Ginelli, owner and practitioner at Theta Spring Hypnosis here in New York, uh, and your host on the Mental Sherpa Show. And our guest, Mark Schall, thank you so much for being here with us, guys. Have a great day. Thank you again for tuning into Metal Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli hopes you'll join her for another edition next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a nice week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.